Blog Talk Radio. Bring the action. When you have this in the club, you gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. See the boys in the club. They watching us. They watching us. They watching us. Everybody in the club. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh. Rock and roll, everybody let's lose control. All the bottom, we let it go. Going fast, we ain't going slow. No, no, hey, yo. Hear the beat, now let's hit the flow. Drink it up and then drink some more. Light it up and let's let it blow, blow, blow. Hey, yo. Rock it out, rock it out. If you know what we talking about, burn it up and burn down the house. When you have this in the club, you gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. You see them girls in the club, they looking at us. They looking at us. They looking at us. Everybody in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. Scream and shout and let it all out and scream and shout and let it out. We say in oh we oh we oh we oh we say oh we oh we oh we oh I wanna scream and shout and let it all out and scream and shout and let it out. We say in oh we oh we oh we oh You are now now rocking with Will I am in Britney bitch.
And welcome to Keep It Magic, everybody. I'm Storm Sestavani, and it is February the 26th, 2013. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast, and I'm here, of course, with the lovely, talented, gifted, exhausted, slap-happy, um, uh, still immune to convo crud, Jackie Smith. <laughs> newly immune to new- convo crud. How are you newly immune? Um, I I took some new actions this time. I I made sure that I um, I charged up some jewelry for protection and took my vitamins and made sure I went home and went to bed and didn't party real late and uh, all that happy jazz. What would be the sense of going if you're not going to party? Um, well, I'm working. I'm working. This is this is not party time for me. I'm working, working, working. And you know. Okay, you have to explain to me what the convo crime is, first of all, because I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. This is starting to creep me out a little bit. Well, okay. So now um, any big convention you have when you have, you know, and, and like my daughter got sick after uh, going to a big, um, uh, what, do you, what does she call it? It was like an anime convention, but um, where they dress up, I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, it's not that, that important. She got sick afterwards. So, so anytime you're going to a big convention in a closed area where, you know, people are breathing on each other, um, uh-huh. you're going to have germs, right? Yeah. It's just the way it's going to roll. So you take your precautions, you take your vitamins, you wash your hands frequently, et cetera. So, um, um, but when you add a layer of people experimenting spiritually and being open and going, oh, my God, the energy is so amazing as they walk around. Yeah. Um, and there's ritual going on throughout the day and the evening and classes and people having aha moments and, you know, people just, their spirits exploding everywhere. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you have that extra layer of protection. And um, I had a, a spirit explode a week ago, but it involved a... a a bottle of Crown Black. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so what? What? Um, what I've learned over time is that um, don't take anything for granted. Don't take any protection for granted. Don't take any anyone who is sick not hugging on you and touching you for granted. And uh-huh. make sure you take tons of vitamins and um, um, sleep. So a lot of times people don't sleep when they go. They just stay up. They stay up late. They want to hang out with the big kids. Uh-huh. And um, I go home because um, usually that's when trouble starts. Is about the time I go home. And um, I also didn't. I had help. I had um, B and her husband Scott run in the booth for me, and so I didn't wear myself out. So that's a, that's a. I think that's a big part of it is not wearing yourself out, and making sure you're taking care of yourself. But my big thing is I was wearing. Um, I was wearing um, green tourmaline, and I yeah. was wearing Moldavite, which people don't usually see see Moldavite as protective, but I used Moldavite because it has that really high vibration. Mm-hmm. I, I called the archangels in on that one. Well, I was seriously thinking about you this weekend because um, your next phone has got to be an iPhone, Jackie. I have just decided. Because they have this now little device that you stick into the headphone thing, uh-huh. and it lets you scan, scan credit cards. Well, we did that. We had we had that. Oh, cool. Uh, that's, that's called the Square. We didn't have the Square. We had the one for PayPal. 
Yeah. And and so we had that, so that made it things a lot easier. Um, and then once we get our new point of sale system, it comes with one of those little things, so it's all connected into the same. Um, it's, it'll be all connected. It'll be all good. Well, you see, what is cool with it is that you know when I make my way out into the world, which is coming soon, by the way, coming soon. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. The evil will begin. <laughs> I know you might want to, but you might want to up it a little bit, Storm. You might want to up your plans mm-hmm. because if I submit Keep It Magic to cover the coalition of coalition of visionary resources for an award, I mean, if we place, you might want to go to iNance. Yeah, I might. Um, but anyways, Jackie, what I was going to say is that with the PayPal thing, uh-huh. I can just give you my phone. You can put in the Coventry username and password, and we're both going around swiping that card. <laughs> yes, I know. It's kind of what it was going on. So, um, yeah, it was. It worked really well. Uh, I just wish it w- w- had worked on my tablet, but it doesn't yeah. work on the iPad or the tablet. So, yeah. So the PayPal only works on the phone, which kind of bummed me out. But, um, hey, it was a $15 piece of equipment that – Oh, just made life so much easier, and then we just email the receipts to them. It was beautiful. I loved it. I really loved it. But um, whenever you're, you know, you, you, if you're playing hard and you're in a big spiritual environment where not everybody has the highest intention, or you're just sometimes you're just you know, in the middle of everybody else's funk. It's just what happens. And there's um, people get really emotional at con just because they're for some people it's their safe space. And um, so they feel that they can just kind of let it all out, and, uh-huh. and then there's all kinds. I mean, I mean, you're in a spiritual place. So when you are having an event that that pulls in that alternative spirituality, you're you're going to get the spectrum. And this was the way it's supposed to be, so it's okay. So if you, like I said, I don't take anything for granted. I expect it, and um, yeah, and and yes, people do party till dawn. At con, I think it, some people were escorted to their rooms at four in the morning because they had topped it out. DJ played till about four in the morning. Uh, yep, and it can be overwhelming too. But um, you know, there's Pangea Con literally the weekend before convocation. And, and people went to both. Some people went to both. I mean, well, Christopher Penzik was was at both, and yeah. he usually tries to do just one a year, but this year it, it landed with with both of them. But um, um, it 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 yeah, so it could be a lot. But then again, you know that is Christopher's day job. Yeah. So he can just pass out for a couple. It's like it's, it's it's like me not doing reading. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Jackie, you call me and you say, "What are you doing? Readings?" Oh, of course you are. <laughs> but I was so tired when I got home on Sunday. I like, but it, I was, I was maybe ten minutes from my house, and then I was like woozy. I was uh-huh. like, okay. I had to make a conscious decision. Do I have enough? Do I have it in me to get to the next, to get home in the next uh-huh. ten minutes? And I said, okay, I do. I can make it. So I got home, stumbled in, and um, I uh, I passed out. Literally, I just was like, poof. I was out for two hours, and I woke up going, oh my god, where's Storm? <laughs> Well, you know that you talked to me, right? I know. I hadn't talked to you for days. And so I woke up in a panic like something was wrong with you. It was hilarious. You talked to me that night. Well, that was before I had talked to you. Oh, okay, okay. So you went home, and then you passed out, and then you called me. 
Right, and well, here I, is the thing. Let, let me give some people some backstory. Jackie never calls me at 10 o'clock at night. It just doesn't happen. She's usually asleep. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the middle of doing a reading, and my phone, my, you know, I see you calling through on my phone, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you know. Um, uh, and I was like, I, uh, you know, I write down on a little post, but call Jackie back, it's after 10, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, because what I'm thinking is that there's something wrong, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. So, well, I woke up, see, I got home at about 5, I passed out, woke up at about 7.30, woke up in a panic. I think I texted you maybe, went back to sleep, woke up again. I hadn't had a response from you. This is how, like, crazy, gooey, cracked out my head was. I was worried. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, it, it was funny. So I called Jackie back, and I'm on the phone with a freaking lunatic. <laughs> a slap-happy, crazy lunatic um, uh, who texts me and says, I'm just in bed with Tony. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say I was in bed with my husband. I said I was in bed. Yeah. I, and you made that assumption. He was up working. He wasn't even there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So I get was... into trouble when women roll out of bed to talk to me and not their husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a side effect of being gay. <laughs> right. But um, it was really, it was hilarious how, um, like, brain feverish I was worried about you. And yet you're the one who's home. I'm the one who's in the middle of almost a 1,000 people. Yeah. Um, like, you know, having... And when you're at these events, I don't like to bother you too much, you know what I mean? So I just kind of, you know, I text right. you here and there, but that's about it. Right. So, yeah, it just was, it was funny. It was funny. I, apparently, you are my touchstone. Yeah. Because if I'm waking up from dreams where well, something's wrong and I'm like completely ungrounded, apparently I've, I see you as my touchstone on this. Yeah. Stuff, so. mean, meanwhile, I'm partying down on the internet with Tony, <laughs> 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 which is usually what happens. You know, what with uh, with people that you know, this this is just funny. Tony and I do the Tony is Jackie's husband, by the way. We do the the majority of our talking about business and Jackie's other company, Type Forty Sales. Uh huh. When Jackie's gone. Right. So it's just like <laughs> I know that when the emails start coming in, okay, yeah, Jackie's gone this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, do you can't email me with all those requests. You got to email somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's you know definitely kind of. It's it's kind of fun. So um, tell me, the, before we get into the classes, which we will do after the first break, okay. um, and all the stuff that you did at Convocation, tell me about all the people that were there. I need the whole the whole um, uh, red carpet preview. The red carpet preview. Because the, the Oscars were a freaking bore. It was the worst Oscars I've ever seen. It was awkward. Um, unorganized. Okay. It was just a big, huge, gigantic mess. Really? I mean, the cameras were so bad, you could see Meryl Streep scratching her ass as she was coming out onto the stage. That's hilarious. I mean, it was like really... Oh, poor Meryl. It was like really weird. And then, you know, um, Adele, in the middle of her... Adele couldn't even get people out of their freaking seats. Jennifer Hudson gets a standing ovation, okay? Adele, nothing. Oh, what's wrong with those people? You know she's my girl. Yeah, well, she sang Skyfall, which is not one of my favorite Adele songs. But I don't yeah. care. I don't care. She's my girl. But, um, but you know. Th- she, she rocks. She rocks the big girl energy. But this is the thing. This is how freaking dead the Oscars were. 
I mean, it, it, the um, um, Jennifer, um, I, I forget her last name, uh, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence gets up to get her Best Actress Award. It wasn't for The Hunger Games, by the way. It was that other movie she did that I don't even know the name of. Right. Um, she trips. Awesome. Um, people are all being political because Michelle Obama gave out the Best Actor Award. Um, so they were, like, freaking out and saying how inappropriate it was for her and all this other stuff, which I thought that that was actually the only interesting part of the Oscars. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a, a cruddy, um, disorganized, crazy. They were trying to do interviews at the Oscars. I don't know. These were, I'm starting to think these award shows need to go. Well, we wouldn't do the red carpet if we're talking about convocation. We'd have to do the tie-dye carpet. Okay. Well, do the tie-dye. Do the <laughs> it has carpet. to be better than the Oscars. Well, I mean, we had we had some some um, they had some really good people there. They had they had Christopher Penzik was there, um, and he did a whole bunch of classes and and he did a ritual that I I sat in on uh-huh. and I was a part of. And then um, Ellen Dugan was there, and she has a whole bunch of books on on magical gardening, and and she has the witch's tarot, I think. Yeah, the uh-huh. witch's tarot that that came out with I think like last it, yeah. year. And um and she's she was a delight too and she was funny and sassy right along with me and she was cracking me up. Um, Christopher was cracking me up of course because he and I are just becoming good friends. I think we are. I mean I might be I might be fangirl. I didn't think I was, but um and then um uh we had uh um um uh M Maka Nightmare was there. Who? Um she does I'm I'm not repeat that name again. M. Maka Nightmare. Did she get that name at a McDonald's or something? Um, stop. She, um, so, uh... Her last name is Nightmare? She's an internationally published author, ritualist, and interfaith activist. I'm reading her bio, uh, if you can't tell. Okay. That's the stuff. That, those are the kind of words that would come out of my mouth, right? Yeah. Um, a member of the American Academy of Religion, Marin Interfaith Council the Nature Religion Scholars Network, and other professional organizations. She currently serves on the board of Cherry Hill Seminary. Oh, okay, so she's one of – well, Cherry Hill Seminary has been coming up for me lately because that is um, a seminary that's that's training um, clergy, uh-huh. uh, multi-faith clergy. So um, she worked with Starhawk, too, and so she wrote the, the Pagan Book of Living and Dying. So she was there. Um, Christopher Penzik, my buddy, was there. Uh-huh. Um, Raven Caldera was there. Um, and then those are the guests of honor, Ellen Dugan. Um, so she's she's pretty cool. And then I was a, I wasn't a guest of honor. I was just a featured presenter. Um, Andrea Vitimus was there. He also does the Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole radio uh-huh. show. Uh-huh. So he had a panel Saturday night before the before the um, the masquerade ball. And so him, Christopher, myself. Um, Corvus Nocturnum, and then Lady Belladonna. Huh? Where all... do these people get these freaking names? <laughs> it reminds me of you getting your wicked name, Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> so, got, you know, we all, it, some people need, like Lady Belladonna has um, a public life. Yeah. So she just, she does, she does require a pseudonym. Yeah. So, you know, and she she likes to work with the dark arts. And, you know, I cannot forget. I have no problems with pseudonyms, Jackie. I know I have one. But right. um, but the, uh, but the I just don't get some of these names. Well, I'm, you know, I, I think Christopher Allen. Christopher's is normal. Ellen's well, is normal. Michelle Ballinger. Maca McAdonna, a nightmare? I don't know. Right. 
um, Michelle Belanger, she's there, and you know she was Michelle Belanger was is um, um, she does lots of books on vampires. Yeah, she yeah. Has a um, house Keparu. She has a normal name though. Yeah, and she's well. Do you do you remember her from Paranormal State? She's a yeah. psychic that was on Paranormal State yeah. too. So she's um, so her and I got a chance to chat. We never get enough time to talk with each other because and we can never go to each other's classes because either we're across from each other or not not enough time. And then me. Um, so and um, yeah, it was it was that's that's our that's our tie dye carpet. Oh, I, and I cannot forget Jason Manneke, who um, he's he does a lot of stuff on the Horn God and contemporary pagan history, and then um, a local guy Dana Piper who did a lot of drumming. Um, he's been doing drumming in the Detroit area for a long time. So it was um, a nice variety and a lot of local. A lot of local um, presenters and local teachers. Ken Day, um, he's not local. He's he's in Cincinnati, Ohio, but he's mm-hmm. um, he's a shaman. He teaches um, a lot of shamanistic. He has a series of shamanistic courses and stuff. So now I think of these strange names, Jackie. Which, by the way, I mean no offense by them, so I'm not going to get upset with that. Um, but these names, it's just new to me. You know, in Kabbalah, we don't have these types of names. No. <laughs> you know, we have Esther and Moses and, right. <laughs> and you know, Aaron, you know? <laughs> Jacob, <laughs> Joshua, <laughs> you know, uh, rather rather normal names. How does somebody that is named Lady Belladonna dress? Um, kind of normal. She had a sweater and a skirt on, so... How so boring she, is that? Well, you know, hey, I had, I just had a... Jackie, you are all about the hair. Well, yeah, I'm always all about the hair because it's always like, oh, my God, your hair. And I love that statement. That cracks me up. So I told Ellen because um, people – Ellen took a picture of her and I, put it on Facebook, and then people kept commenting about my hair. And I just started laughing. I go, Ellen, people people stop their cars in the middle of the street to say they love my hair, which is uh-huh. which is awesome. It cracks me up. And I and I love the story about the guy at the um, convenience store stopped me saying, so is that orange? And I'll say, it was this morning. Is it still orange now? And he goes, yeah. And I go, yep, it's orange. And, and he goes, how's that working out for you? <laughs> and I said, pretty good. You're talking to me. And, and then he wished me good luck with my orange hair. So I told I told Ellen that. And so every time I saw her, she goes, hey, do you know your hair is orange? So and I go, shit, it started out blue, you know. So it was just kind of funny. Yeah. So it was. It, yeah. That this my hair gets me. Gets me in a lot of places. What can I say? <laughs> so now, before we go into the classes on the other side, Jack, tell me about some of the classes that went on. But don't go into details. Um, some of the classes that went on. Oh, there was. Um, well, there's one, two, three, four, five, six classrooms. Six, wait, no, more than that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten classrooms. Or, or nine classrooms and then one room that they keep for rituals. And and they, um, uh, so something's in every classroom at all times. So there's Goetia work, there's, you know, um, regular witchcraft work, there's interfaith work, there's um, chaos magic, there's, there's ceremonial. I mean, so it's all over the place. Um, Gnostic, um, Druid, really uh-huh. just Satanism, 
you know, because Corvus Nocturnum, who is this resident Satanist in in the pagan world, he's... His name is Corpus Nocturnum? Yeah. Okay. Um, just, just a very nondescript, just very mild-mannered man, um, very smart. Um, and he, you know, as he talks about um, Satanism as um, a non-deatic um, tradition, uh-huh. it's, it's Satanism is really about just living in the the physical, tangible world, like living in the one percent. So, yeah. Um, although they don't call it that, so yeah, there's. And what all, do you think about that? Um, that's not my cup of tea. Okay. I have always felt a connection to a greater source than me. Always, even as a little kid, I love dealing with the divine. I it's what gets me up in the morning. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's very important to me. So <clears throat> you know that's but but it just it, it creates a really interesting conversation when when you can when you can have a, a cool conversation together about it, um, and and compare different things. So when we um, when we did the when I was on the panel for the radio show, we talked about um, confidence and how, how how much what confidence what kind of role confidence plays in your magical practices. Uh-huh. So, and there's a lot of kids classes. Um, so that so this is a is considered a family event. So they have a lot of kids classes and stuff. Um, there there is a, a a plethora of children around. Not like in an outdoor like pagan festival like. Um, PSG or, or Starwood or something where there's tons of kids, there, um, but there's enough of them to to be challenging. Um, and there was one um, Ali Shiva who was supposed to do like Hebrew goddesses and stuff like that, but she was not able to make it because she got um, she got sick. Uh-huh. So that would have been interesting because I I did want to take those classes. Of course, those were always directly um, aligned with when I was doing my class. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know, it didn't work out for me. What the hey? So it, it just it was a really interesting. Um, it's an interesting mix. They do a good job mixing up, um, uh, mixing up different things, different um, um, traditions and faiths. Uh, so yeah, they do a pretty good job of all that. Well, we're going to take a break. On the other side, Jackie's going to talk about. Only three of the classes that she taught, okay, one of them we're going to be doing next week here on Keep It Magic, um, uh, one of the classes. So we're not going to do that one this week, but the other three we are going to talk a little bit about. Um, And uh, uh, we will also talk about some of the classes that Jackie got to attend, and I definitely want to hear about one of Christopher's classes. So um, we are going to a break. You're listening to Keep It Magic, and by request, here's Cher.
And welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody, on Storm Festivani, and it is 4.31 p.m. here on the East Coast, and I'm, of course, here with uh, Jackie Smith, the creatrix of uh, CoventryCreations.com, which you can go to if you have problems with your life, whether you have problems with your love life, your money, you need some spiritual protection, you need to get rid of some people, you name it, we got a candle for that, so just cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com, go armed with a platinum card, because it's dangerous over there, you'll be buying lots of stuff to keep our show on the air, so um, just cruise on over there and check that out, also, um, Jackie and I have a website that is based on Keep It Magic, so go to www.keepitmagic.com, we do have new articles that will be going up um, towards the end of the week, so... I still have to finish writing mine, so. <laughs> but it's about the we, moon, so. so. So I pull all my crazy away from you. I take it all back to me. I don't share any of my crazy with you. How about that? Right now. Okay. Disconnecting okay. us. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Share, um, share disconnected us. I'm convinced. Uh, I'm convinced. She's trying to tell me that this is a woman's world, probably because I was making fun of all those names. But I didn't mean anything by it. It was only entertainment. <laughs> you have just been. I don't thanked. care what people's names are. It's just entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being entertaining. Um, speaking of entertainment, Jackie, um, tell me about. Um, let's do some other classes besides yours first. Okay. Which ones well, did you go only to? One, the only one I went to that I had a chance to go to was the um, the ritual that uh, Christopher Penzik did, um, the Congress of Bones. Mm-hmm. And he has a, a new book out um, called The Mighty Dead. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like this concept, his concept of the Mighty Dead. He really talks about um, the... Um, he talks about working with your ancestors, and it's not just your blood ancestors. He says he talks about ancestors of blood, ancestors of um, bone, ancestors of milk, ancestors of bread. Um, and so he, uh, it's really um, he wants he wants us to get in touch. Is with the all ancestor the, of milk's name Elsie? Yes, yeah, that one's it. Elsie the cow. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> ancestor of blood is of course your your DNA ancestors. Uh-huh. Um, Parents, grandparents, etc. Ancestors are bo- of bone are the ancestors of of place. I think uh-huh. that's what it is. Um, yeah, of place, of of um, like you're you're in the city you're in in New York. I'm in the city I'm in, I'm in in Michigan. So the ancestors of that place, okay. and then ancestors of milk are the ancestors that besides Elsie, who are the ancestors of like family friends, um, and and people who helped shape who you are. And then ancestors of bread are the ancestors um, of, um, I think I'm getting this right. So those are the ancestors that that um, of your maybe your spiritual path of they brought you the substance that that you have here. This um, uh, maybe it's not necessarily someone you've known or, or connected with or even where you're living. It's like like me choosing saying you know Lubelia as one of my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, or or maybe, um, you know, the Witch of Endor or something like that. So this um, sounds kind of astrological to me, actually. Really? Tell me about that. Well, you have the four elements. Mm-hmm. So the ancestor of bread would be Earth. Yes. You know, because we're talking about, you know, physical structures. Um, uh, the ancestor of milk would be air, um, because it has to do with social groups and social circles. 
Okay. Um, what are the other two? Bone and blood. Okay, bone is the uh, the the earth. Um, what is so the bread would be the of the of fire, air. But the, air. So, the, but you said the milk was the air. Uh, yeah, milk. Okay, bread would be fire. Yeah. Anyway, they blood. all go with an astrologer. Blood would be water. Mhm. Interesting. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. I like it. But we, so he did a ritual um, where you know he called in your ancestors um, of all your different ancestors, and he he had four people call in the quarters, of course, and um, we we had um, almost like um, he even some people wanted to call in like animal ancestors, spirit um, maybe um, familiars or spirits, animal spirits that they work with, kind of feeling filling in the ancestor role with them because they've helped shape who they are. Ancestor, that is a a, a greater meaning of um, shaping who you are. Uh-huh. So the mighty dead, he talks about the mighty dead, are the, are the ones who um, went before you to... Um, carve out this this place that you are. So so it's like the ancient witches or say um Madame Blavatsky or Edgar Casey or uh-huh. um Scott Cunningham or Gerald Gardner. Just going back in, in that witchcraft um arena, Plato even uh-huh. going back like that and saying these are the these are the mighty dead who who guide us. So it was a it was a ritual around that and so um he had twelve different people call in they're mighty dead. So they're kind of like their ancestors of bread. And um, so I, of course, called in Lobelia, and she was chatting. She was in my ear chatting the whole time because she thought she was going to come through and, and give some messages. So she was um, she's like, so I'm supposed to talk to these other people? And it was just, it was hilarious uh-huh. listening to her in my head throughout the whole ritual. Uh, so there's just different anointings that we did. So there's a lot of people there. I, I want to say 100, easy, 150 people were at this ritual. And so just different anointing things went around um, to become part of the whole thing. Now so talk was, a little bit, Jackie, about one of the things that Christopher said that reminded you of me. Oh, here was a cool thing that, that reminded me of you, because you keep talking about the alchemical process and, and different yeah. things. The alchemical process in astrology and 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 using the the elements as an alchemical process. Yeah. Well, what um, what Christopher said is that when he cast the circle, um, east was fire, and he he realigned the um, elements. So, fire was across from water, and earth was across from air. Uh-huh. So that it was an alchemical process to engage to to make things. Um, um, I forget the word he said, but I just remember him talking about the alchemical process, and I felt it, like, amp up more. So here's these opposing forces um, across from each other that really amped up the the energy Uh to create um, an energy greater than the whole. And and I thought that was fascinating on how he he changed um, which element he pulled from from which direction. And it, it was a giant aha moment for myself saying, well, yeah, absolutely. Different directions, different excuse me, different traditions associate elements with different directions. Yeah. Not everybody is going to associate the same the same thing, um, especially if in, if you're in a different hemisphere or con, you know um, you know the southern hemisphere, you're you're not going to consider 
things the same way because south and north is going to be the hotter direction for you. So as I was listening to, to him talk about that, I went, wow, that would be fascinating to look at, you know, pulling in different elements like from the north. Like if you're going to pull in fire from the north or even water from the north, how does that change your your alchemical process of this of this magic that you're performing? Or I just it was it was absolutely fascinating, and I knew you would you would love that concept, and that would make the casting of the circle, the creating of the sacred space, even more appealing to you, because if you pull in different energies in a different order from a different direction, it's going to have. Um, uh-huh. A, a different response, so it was really interesting. Well, one of the things in in tarot, um, those are the you know fire is the opposite element of water, um, and when you have a spread like a three card spread, if you have an air card, um, a fire card, and a water card, your major emphasis is going to go on the air card because the other two are going to wash themselves out. Okay. So the major focus is going to be on that particular air card. That doesn't mean that the other two cards don't have value, okay? It just means that their value is not going to be as strong or that there might not be, um, uh, you know, say, for example, you have the Ten of Swords and then you have um, uh, the Queen of Wands and then you have um, uh, the Eight of, of Cups, Okay. It's going to be very, very easy for her to say in that particular mental, this situation has ended, that that whole mental area of um, whatever it is that she's going through, rather than her focus going into the grieving process. So it's basically, you know, which would be the, that Eight of Cups card. Um, so it would really be a challenge in regards to working with that particular energy because she's not at the particular mindset yet um, of uh, of working those other, those other two issues out. She's not able to stand on her own, which is the, the Queen of Wands, and she's not able to go through that particular grieving process, which would allow her to stand on her own so she'd just stay stuck in the mental stuff. So basically how you would even work with that, Jackie, would be in an alternative alchemical sort of way, okay? Um, how I would work with that is I would begin to try to get her to begin to express her underlying emotions and try to get her to tap into that water card, okay, um, Mm -hmm. uh, over a period of time so she can get to the fire card. It's amazing how those cards know that about themselves and align themselves just perfectly for a reading. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of people don't look at at elemental dignities. You know, it it is an art form on its own. You're, you're absolutely right because when I'm using tarot, I, I don't. I look at the pretty pictures and, and let them spark um, information that comes through. We, you and I read very differently. I'm very yeah. intuitive and you're very systematic. So it's yeah. always fun to see what out of those same cards what, what we get out of that. Although we're pretty close in what we get out of the like the same pull. We yeah. just go in different directions on that. Yeah. But the um, the, the um so it was a very so that that alchemical process in in the um, ritual just kind of brought in a, a different a different energy, and and so I thought you would kind of you would you would absolutely enjoy that concept of saying oh let me let me rearrange how I'm doing this and make sure that I'm creating an alchemical process rather than just something that that lays flat or maybe using something that really is going to energize or or affect the process. 
Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, that is the, um, uh, you know, when I'm working with a particular client, whether it be with tarot or whether it be astrologically, wanting to know what is not there, Jackie, is just as important to me as knowing what's there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so if there is a huge, big, gigantic emphasis in, um, for example, air, um, one of the things that I'm immediately going to uh, to do is to try to find out where is the particular water lurking at in regards to this particular chart. Um, uh, you know, where is the feelings? Why is it always up in the head? You know, and and I think that that is basically um, by getting the client, or even in in our own personal lives, um, getting to that side that is being kind of submerged. Underneath mm -hmm. the surface, underneath consciousness, is often the key to magic. It's often the key to sparking whatever magic it is that they're wanting to occur. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, you know, it's it's all um, again different from how how I flow, but um, um, and it's a lot of really in depth study that that I don't necessarily do. <laughs> Sorry, but. Um, I'm I'm again more kitchen witch more my rituals are more based in and how your everyday stuff um uh -huh. but sometimes I feel like I miss out uh -huh. because I I just keep it at that really practical level so I'm learning I'm picking stuff up I'm I'm I, it, there's always room for more information so in this in this ritual that we did it was fun because um you know here I had Lobelia chatting in my head which was cracking me up throughout the whole thing and the big takeaway with all this different drama that people were bringing, bringing to the ritual, we all have our own version of drama, and I respect that because we all have our own correction that we need to make in our life. That's really helped me, um, you know, looking at the, the God Wears Lipstick book and, and looking at how we all have our own corrections to make has freed me up from a lot of judgment. That's yeah. been a great aha moment for me. So in freeing myself up from that judgment, I can look around and say, Oh, so these are the these are the challenges that people are facing, and they're bringing to the forefront. And here's the corrections in their life or in the world that they feel that they need to address. And when it get, came around to me, because everyone was giving a, a quick little one sentence message, at least uh -huh. that was that was supposed to be the plan. And um, it came to me, and Christopher said, "Jackie, do you have anything?" And 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 I said, "Well, Lobelia thought she was coming through and giving messages for folks, so she has a lot to say." And he kind of gave me this big-eyed look, <laughs> like, oh, God, don't derail this woman. And I said, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> so and I watched him oh, relieved. But the big message that came through, distilling it down to one sentence of, of everything that she was talking about, was that we're not dealing with life and death today, whereas in Lobelia's time, if you were caught as a conjure woman or, or, or practicing magic or even counseling people, uh -huh. um, you could be put to death. You know, or or back in um the uh Spanish Inquisition or, or times when, when different magical practitioners were persecuted and burned or hung or, or whatever heinous thing. Yeah, we just we just see people to death now on Facebook, so Right. Um you know, we don't do it in the same way. But but really, that's that's her message: is this stuff isn't life and death. Let it go, people. Relax. Yeah. You have there's a freedom of information that we've never had before. So so people treat this information like it's life or death. I have to correct you. 
I have to correct your in, inaccuracies when it's when it whose inaccuracy is it? Is it you know you have a different take on it? And and that was her big message that she kept going through and and looking at um, different people are bringing in different energy, saying you know you you're not going to lose your life or really even in in America you can't even really lose your career legally. Uh-huh. You, you can destroy your reputation and all that other stuff. I understand that. It's not. It's not even like it was twenty years ago. Um, and you just kind of move to a different city, and you'll have a different attitude. Um, uh-huh. um, it was just really kind of everybody. Can everybody um, calm down and carry on? Keep calm and carry on. It's okay. And um, and so that was my big message. It's like this is not life and death, people. This is yeah. we get to move beyond this, that that in Maslow's Maslow's needs of hierarchy of needs. I mean to say Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We can move above the fight or flight. We can move above the survival, and start evolving as a race and evolving as a spiritual people. Well, I think that that is one of the one of the biggest difficulties. I think is that uh, we have become a culture that is addicted. To that very second chakra type of um, uh, of stuff needs, yeah. Um, uh, and you know, one of the things um, uh, I was shocked. I'm taking a new um, business course, and one of the things that the instructor is teaching Jackie is, if you're in business for the purpose of making money, get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, in in. You know, it's interesting because she doesn't have a particular philosophy at all that that money is evil. Um, she has a philosophy that money gives her the ability to do things and to help people and to um, share and be compassionate, which, you know, being a Kabbalist, I'm all into that. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, her major motivation in regards to business isn't about making money. Um, it's about putting good product out for people that they will um, enjoy, and um, you know right. the, the end result of that is that she's made money. But um, uh, but I think that we're so focused on um, doing things for an idealized result, Jackie, that it automatically leads us towards disappointment. Yes, yes, because there's no way to to get to that that perfection. Yeah, and. Um, and that that perfection could be an idealized way that that the rest of the world behaves around you. Mm-hmm. That's a big that's a big aha moment. And I and in all of my classes, I got everybody saying by the end of the weekend, I said it enough times, and everybody else was saying it. It's like say it with me, everybody. I'm a lazy witch. And, um, <laughs> and I talk about that. And whenever I'm teaching the class, I talk about how I'm a lazy witch. I don't want to try and change the world. Now, the first class that you did was about money, correct? Actually, the first class I did was Archangels and Candle Magic. Okay, let's do the money one first. Okay, so that was the third class I did, but that was Saturday morning I did the money one. And it was about um, healing your money issues in the Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. And um, I have... Um, in in the pagan community, and I said this. Oh, I lost some people when I said this. It was kind of, it, it's like, oh, I hit a nerve. I must be doing it right. I figure if I'm hitting nerves, I'm doing it right. That's really just that's that's my go-to. Um, if if people are going, I'm out of here because this girl is crazy, then then I am doing it right. 
Um, I talked about, we talked about how um, all money issues are worthiness issues. It's like a worthiness litmus test. Um, am I worthy to be part of this world? And, and, and when we talk about money issues, and we said this in the beginning of the class, and it's interesting how people lost it because I repeated this throughout the class. I'm not talking about having your McMansion. I'm not talking about having um, having your um, a, a huge cash of money and that you have to go for the Donald Trumpness of the world. Uh-huh. But I'm talking about money having its its rightful place in your life as a facilitator, um, not as something evil, not as something that that you're necessarily striving for. It's it's that when when we have money it, money issues going on, it's absolutely a, a worthiness thing because we equate every time going through this whole thing. Every time we end up equating um, whether we have enough money or love in our lives is being worthy of the divine. Every mm-hmm. time. So in in the DIY Akashic Wisdom book that Patty and I have coming out in October, we have um, a, a, a healing process within your Akashic Records. And it's, and I have to say, this healing process was absolutely inspired by the the um, Kabbalistic process of Teshuvah, uh-huh. which is really going in and, and making your own corrections um, during Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, right? Am I doing uh-huh. that right? Uh-huh. Okay, good. Whew. I got that right during the class, too, then. And the whole month of Virgo. Go and ahead. The whole month of Virgo. So... In the money healing process, oh, here's the first thing I talked about. As I talked about God with a big G, <laughs> with a capital G. I'm sure that scared of many a pagan. And I said, it's time for us to start healing this. You have to heal this issue of uh, your issues with God with a big G um, to be able to heal, heal your money issues. And, and and I said I know you're you're gonna some of you might slam your book closed and say I'm out of here because this woman is crazy. I'm a good pagan. I I feel there's many paths to enlightenment and many paths to, to connecting with the divine. Um, what I'm saying is that in every pagan tradition that I've talked to and I've talked to about, everybody talks about the universe, that ultimate source, that ultimate source of creation, and that's what that big G is about. It's been labeled. It's been distorted. So, because I had written it on the board, we have to you have to heal this, and then I erased that word and I wrote in the word light. So mm-hmm. let's change this word to the word light, and come to understand that this is that universal light of creation, and mm-hmm. that you know we're gifted with a you know a seed level and uh, of of a perfect balanced seed level, and all the things in life are the things that distort it, and and that you have to make corrections around. And it's just really exciting when you and I talk about Kabbalistic stuff and I get these terms, these universal terms from you that I've already been teaching about. Yeah. And then I get to heal over it. I get to heal um, my you know, Catholic upbringing and say, no, no, this is okay. This, just because I talk about the light and, and the big G doesn't mean I also don't work with the energy of Hecate and the energy of Bridget and the energy of Kernanos. I, I work with all of them. Uh-huh. Um, so the money healing process, or really any healing process that we have in the DIY Akashic Wisdom, is you need to to get your story. What is your story around this? What is what's bothering you? What's all your concerns? Who's who's um, playing the game with you? What's the backstory? You know, you know the drama, your whininess. Yeah. Get all that whininess together. Oh, I always have issues with money. I'm always broke. You know all those things. You get that story together, and then. You look at your reaction to your story. 
you know, how do you react to all these little building blocks and bits and pieces? Because it's interesting. Well, you know, in, in psychology they talk about it all the time. How you react to it tells as much about you as what the original story is in the first place. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I noticed, and I wrote about it in my um, uh, astrology forecast for the week, mm-hmm. um, is in this this um, week we're in a particular portion um, in which there is a required half a shekel or half a coin that is required from all of the Israelites. And, uh, you know, I meditated on that for a long time and really sat down and thought about it. And then, it, you know, and I looked at, um, uh, you know, writings of Yehuda and the Rav and uh, other Kabbalists um, on this particular issue. And it kind of hit me, Jackie, that really the reality of that is that when everybody is required to give a half a shekel. What does that really mean? It means we all come to this particular planet with certain lessons. Nobody is immune to it. No matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, regardless of your circumstance, um, you know, the light is no respecter of people. Um, You know, we all get lessons. Um, They may come in different shapes and different sizes, and we have a tendency to look at, um, you know, what kind of real problems in life can Kim Kardashian be going through? You know, she has money, she has an interesting boyfriend, she's pregnant, uh, you know, all of these things, but she still has to pay a half a shekel. That's interesting. That's that's really true. that's really true, and we all we all have issues we have to get through. So we took them through. We have eight steps in this whole thing, and I and I won't I won't dig through that right yeah. now. We'll save that for another show because because they're really interesting, and I think you would really enjoy them. Because I haven't even sent you the book. Yeah, you haven't even seen it, and I keep forgetting to. Maybe there's a reason why. Wah, wah, wah. But um, <laughs> but here's the interesting thing about this class is I was as I would hit on some different things, some different really hard concepts. People would leave. They were dropping like flies. I think we lost about a good five or seven people out of the class, and there wasn't a ton. It's nine thirty in the morning, dealing with money. People were sleeping on a Saturday morning after partying all night. Um, so there was um, it was we bought only about thirty people in the class as as it is. So we lost about you know easily what a third, not a third, but a you know, quarter of them or whatever. Um, I can't do my math today. My brain is numb. Um, and, and we were losing them left and right, and I said, "Oh, they're dropping like flies." And somebody said, "I said these are these are difficult concepts. It's okay to disagree with me and challenge me on this because you're dealing with some big issues, and they're not going to like it, and they're going to push back." Yeah. Um, so bear with me until we get to that place where you can you can put them in their rightful place. And and here's so somebody said it was because it was hot. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as I was talking and giving my little piece of the, the pie, and, and Patty got up to see if she could adjust the temperature of the room, because it was freezing the day before we were in the same room. So we turned the heat up, and now it was too hot for the students. Uh-huh. She couldn't figure it out. Somebody said they would talk to, to housekeeping to figure it out, and Patty sat back down. Well, this woman who said she was going to talk to housekeeping to figure it out came back in the room, Walked around the side, Patty's side of the room, because here we are up in front having this conversation. She walked around the side between the wall and the chairs, squiggling between the wall and the chairs to get to Patty and whispered in Patty's ear. And Patty looked at her and said, thank you, and went on. And I went, okay, well, this woman could have given us a thumbs up from the back, you know, to say everything was taken care of. This was kind of odd. Uh-huh. This is a very odd thing. 
Well, after the class was all over, Patty said the woman came up to her to tell her, your class is kind of boring. You might want to pick it up a little. (laughs) She came up to the front of the room while I was speaking to whisper that in Patty's ear. Well, I think that what the reality is, Jackie, is that there's so many people that are caught in victim consciousness that their minds go off immediately to anything that Mm -hmm. has to do with, especially with taking responsibility money-wise, because we would rather sit in a world, you know, many of us would rather sit in a world and still continue to project the fact that we don't have X, Y, or Z on the outer world that is limiting us from getting it, rather than taking a look inside and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, taking full responsibility for um, ourselves and our own personal behaviors. We have to take a break. Um, Jackie and I will be back on the other side with two of her other classes, her other classes. You're listening to Keep It Magic. We'll be back in a flash. Don't touch that dial.
everybody. It is currently 5.04 p.m. here on the East Coast, which makes it 2.04 on the West Coast and every hour in between. Cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com, where magic happens. And you can get all of the products that you need to create magic in your life. Um, and I'm talking to Jackie Smith about her experience at Convocation. And we have two other classes uh, that we're going to cover. And we're doing a whole class next week. Yeah, we're going to do the Sun Trumps Everything class next week. I'm really excited because I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how we present it together because this is a combination of both of our um, both of our experiences and information uh-huh. and specialities. So that that's going to be fun. And it will probably be a combination of the, the Sun and the Curse class <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Curse, yeah, the, 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 sun, the Sun Trumps Everything is breaking curses and hexes with the energy of the Sun. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it was... Um, it was really interesting because after I after I did that class, because um, that was the second class I did, the other two classes kept referring back to it. So it was a really powerful class, and people were talking about it with me all weekend. So that did one. Did you tell them all I wrote it? You did not write it. You helped me write it. Yeah. Okay, you put a lot into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was your idea. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Yeah. But you didn't write all I'm of it. Playing with you. <laughs> so um, the Teshuvah class um, was more the um, money, the the money class, and so. But we did the Archangel class. We, you and I have talked about the Archangel and Candle Magic class, and that was that one was a blast. It's always a good time because um, it was. Um, <laughs> there was a snowstorm Thursday night, Friday morning, yeah. and the driving was treacherous, and Patty was already at the hotel because we were teaching the class together. Her her daughter had dropped her off earlier, was borrowing her car, and I was running late. <laughs> so we didn't have as much time to prep the class, so I'm talking to her on the phone in a snowstorm while heading that direction. <laughs> Got my headset on, driving about 10, 15 miles an hour, and uh, calling in, calling in the different archangels for the different purposes, and and calling in the archangel that's going to get me there. <laughs> but it was um, that one was a great. It, that one's always a lot of fun because we we did it a little bit differently than I did the last time, which was we actually pulled in. Um, if you're going to do this, use this and this, and this is why you would use this archangel with this candle, and this is how yeah. what you would think about and. It was um that went really really well. Um we had people wanting um do you have handouts on that one or any notes or anything? And I said, No, wait for the book. <laughs> I've taught you well. <laughs> right. Right. So that was a that was a wait for the book moment. So that was um it was really I got very animated and Pat, both Patty and I get very animated and energetic when I can't even see Patty animated. Oh yeah, she's hilarious. She is flipping hilarious when we teach classes together because she's got the dry humor. Uh-huh. So I'll say something. I'll, I'll start making a point, and Patty will get give me a bazinga. All of a sudden, she's like bazinga, and, and she'll and 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 we all stop. Like what? That was awesome, and everyone stops and laughs hilariously because it was like the perfect, the perfect thing. So that's she's she's funny and um so yeah we we talked a lot about you know where angels originate from and how they work and 
and um and that we brought angels into a lot of a lot of pagans have a hard time dealing with angels cuz again they have that that um big healing that needs to happen through organized religion that that, that screwed them up and so they don't like archangels or using angels because, um, hey, and let me tell you, I was one of them. I'm like, I'm not an angel girl. I don't like the, that whole thing. Because every time somebody starts talking about angels, I feel like, torched by an angel, it's all good in the end, you know. And uh, and that's not that's not how I play. So um, I uh, I so w- with with that whole process. Um, uh, working with with the angels, it's it, I bring them into a personal relationship where showing people how the class is, is about showing people how you're gonna you're working with this energy anyway, uh-huh. and it becomes very very personal. And it was really cool because because everyone walked out of that class feeling like angels were something that they could work with. And not something that they had to wait for this big ceremonial magic moment where they're going to do the lesser banishing ritual and go yad hey vav hey or whatever they're going to do. Um, <clears throat> that they can just go, oh, this this calls for a little bit of you know archangel Raziel, you know that kind of that kind of energy. Uh huh. Yeah. So it was it was that was a really fun class to do, and there was a lot of note taking and. And um and here's the thing is we drew on um we had a whiteboard and so we drew the tree of life. Uh-huh. You know, not perfectly. But what I did is is as we're going through and I put the angels' names on there and then I started showing them how the left side works, the right side works, the middle works, how how this is the Akashic records, here's the one percent down here, here's the process. And I said, I'm just gonna keep referring back to this. This is not a Kabbalah class. I'm just going to keep referring back to this because the more you see it, the more you're exposed to it, in the end, you'll get it. Uh-huh. Um, because that's what happened with me, and, and that's what um, that's what happened with um, um, when I finally understood the just the minute basics of how the tree of life works and uh-huh. understood that this is this is the process. So then, and then I brought came into like, talking about how why candle magic, why candle magic and angels work so well because a candle burning, um, that flame, that's that divine flame, and as it's burning down, that's that's it moving through your the Kabbalah, moving through the tree of life, um, and and helping you through your process, and how when you bring the archangel in with the candle, it holds that space while you go through the process because you're gonna you're gonna go through that process and go. Forget about it. I'm done with this. That was too many push-ups. I'm out of here. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. enough. And so, and so, when you bring in the archangels in with your candle magic spell, they, they, you give them permission to hold the space for you. Um, one of the things I learned when I was first doing, when I was going to do that first archangel candle magic uh, class, the one that uh-huh. you know purged all the demons out of my body. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things they showed me, the archangels showed me, is that as you call them to you and then change your mind and say different things, you can send them away. Yeah. And they're going to go away because you just said go away. But when you call them to you and ask them to hold this space for you while you learn and grow and fuss 
and have meltdowns and get crazy. When you do that, when when you go through that process, they hold the space for you to do that. They hold the space for you to to wiggle and 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 push back and and face your fears. And that's why archangels and candle magic work so well together. Yeah. And then the the class the the, the last class I did, which um, is the truth spell class, and that was so much fun to do. It was um, it was really funny because I got to I got to say that phrase, "You can't handle the truth." <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting all weekend long to say that. Um, it's a good line. What can I say? But it was really funny because on the board I wrote. Um, for the truth spell class and I said, Okay, here's the first thing you gotta know. Light a van van candle and get drunk. Class over. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they say alcohol is the ultimate truth serum. Right. Yeah. But the truth spell class was about what is truth and the fact that um the fact that they're really we are not equipped to know the whole truth the whole picture and it takes a lot of work so truth spells work on you first they widen your view they give you additional viewpoints and that's what that's how a true spell is going to work it's going to help you understand other perspectives so we talked a lot about that and we talked a lot about um what is a lie and the fact that we lie or tell 10 inaccuracies every 2.6 minutes uh-huh. everybody does Absolutely, that's on average. Absolutely, everybody does. And so we talked about why we lie. And I didn't say why do other people lie. The class is about why we lie, uh-huh. and what that means, and how, you know, when you're doing truth spells, you got to make sure you're being truthful. And so, um, and then at the end of the class, we did truth spells for each other, and um, or people would talk about what truth spells do they need, and I would bring it into play, and. And it was really interesting. It's always about you. Your magic is always about you. I say this all the time. Your you, you magic is healing. You're healing yourself, and that's what you use magic for: is to heal heal your short circuits, the things that aren't working for you. And and that's that's and, and that was what makes me a lazy witch because I want to heal what's going wrong with me, that that I'm attracting this chaos, or I'm attracting, or or I'm I'm not being able to to get into the love of the universe or the abundance of the universe. So so what's why am I short-circuited in this? So I'm a lazy witch. I'm going to work on me rather than try and change the rest of the universe. I mean, like, really, what's easier to do? Yeah. <laughs> Fix what's wrong with you. And you see, Jackie, the, the, the hardcore reality is this, is that, and, and this is the truth probably most people don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that the more that you focus on you, that you actually create the particular change in the, with the big world? Um, uh, uh, you know, basically, one of the things I was reading this week, which was very, very interesting, in Kabbalah, they have um, a concept called Messiah consciousness, which is basically the coming of the Messiah. Um, and basically, what it states in uh, is that if only ten people, Jackie, ten people just 10, mm-hmm. were able to live their life being caring, 100% caring and compassionate for other people, we would achieve Messiah consciousness. Only 10. Huh. 
So, you know, the more that you do that particular inner work, okay, the more that you um, work on yourself and transform your own inner life, basically what Kabbalah teaches is that that changes the outer side, you know, the outer world um, on its own. So the more that we focus on ourselves, you know, the better off that the world would be. Absolutely. we, We kind of don't live in that society. Huh. We live in a society, like I said, that wants to uh, to not take responsibility for ourselves. It's always the outer world's fault. Um, uh, right, right. That's, and I think that's where we where we continue our short circuits, so though, is yeah. when we continue to think it's the outer world's world's fault. Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you on that one because that's um, that's. That's where I think we're. That's our, one of our biggest short circuits. To be honest with you, I think that's one of our biggest challenges. Is nobody wants to be the bad guy, and this is what I talk about a lot in the truth spell and in the curse. The the, the sun trumps everything curse um, class is we don't want to be the bad guy. We live our lives needing to be the hero, uh-huh. the hero of our own lives. But actually, I don't think we live our lives wanting to be the hero of our own lives. We live. Most of us, when we when we don't live in, in um, a self conscious way, we work hard at being the hero in everyone else's life. Because uh-huh. isn't it easier? Because you get here's my theory around heroes. Did I ever tell you my theory around heroes? Probably have it hundred times. Here, it's much easier to be a hero because if you think about it, Superman swoops in and he picks up the bus and you know and and he stops the bus from crushing. The, the people, but sometimes the bus kind of makes a mistake and, and, and makes the building fall down. And then he puts the bus back and he saves a few people, and then he goes away. He doesn't have to clean up the mess, does he? No. If he's, you know, all the different superhero movies that we've seen and, and all the destruction and mayhem, which, you know, makes a good movie, but that's how we think about heroism is that we don't have to clean up the mess that was made when we save the day. Yeah. How about that? So it's much more difficult to be the evil genius because the evil genius has to plot and plan, and then there's always restitution in the end. Yeah, I've I've been the evil genius for years. (laughs) 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 But here here is the other thing in regards to to the hero in Jungian psychology, Jackie. um, You either take the hero's journey. Okay, which is going to include a dragon fight, which we will talk about next week. But um, why do you have uh, to treat dragons like that? That makes me look. It always involves a fight with a monster. Um, okay, but dragons uh, aren't necessarily monsters; they're very wise and, and noble creatures. So, okay, keep going. In most stories, they're monsters. <laughs> Do not steal the monsterism from the dragons, Jackie. It's not right. Listen, <laughs> it's the listen. only thing they're known for. Um, they're, they're known for many, many things. You know, this is, uh, this is, I say this is racist, but go ahead. But I'll explain what the dragon is next week, so then you all will understand it. Um, uh, but you either do that or you take that particular path, Jackie, or the converse is that you're a victim. Right. So you're either a hero or you're a victim. Which path are you going to choose? But you know what? Guess what? It's it's the flip side of the same coin. I want to spend a different coin. Uh-huh. To be honest with you, I don't want that same coin because, again, that hero, that heroness can absolutely. Okay, you, I want to spend that coin on myself, I should say, and not uh-huh. on other people, because when you can be your own hero, 
then then you do clean up your own messes. Well, I think that we all need to question what the word heroic means. You know, the the, the word, uh, when you get to its natural roots, Jackie, um, it really has to do with self-discovery. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why, you know, the, sh- the show next week is going to be so interesting when we discuss... Um, you know, the hero's journey through the sun and, you know, how it is, you know, through the the hero's journey always that the curse is broken. Um, uh, and it's not through uh, necessarily, um, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, in some cases there are supernatural beings that help. In other cases it's, 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 uh, it's, it's much different, but it is simply the process that is the, the necessary uh, component, not the goal. Interesting. Interesting. Because in you many know, of these stories, Jackie, when they get to the goal, they're like, oh, why did I fight the hell for that? You know, and then basically, you know, what they come to realize is that it was the experience, not the, not necessarily the goal that mattered. Well, it really always is the journey, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's when, that's when the magic happens, is in the journey. And, and that's what I talk about a lot in my classes, is that, you know, you think your magic is the is the end result, but it's the discovery that happens in the process. It's the healing that happens in the process. Uh-huh. And once you have once that healing happens, you can you know how to get there again. And it's up to you. You're empowered to make that choice one more time. Yes. I look at. Can you hear my voice? Is still kind of gravelly, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. That's when you sound the sexiest. It kind of turns me on. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, but basically, you know, that's the thing. And I think that the core to being able to look at some of these things is really getting honest. And um, you know, I recommend an etymology, um, uh, uh, either an etymology website, which is basically to go back to those old roots words and figure out what they mean, um, because you're often surprised. Um, by uh, what words, you know, where words come from and what their original intention is oh, yeah. or, or was. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that it often gives people a lot of awareness. And I think that oftentimes we need to get very, very honest, Jackie, about what it is that we're saying and what it is that we believe mm-hmm. first. Oh, you know, I love playing with the origin of words. Yeah. You know, I, I just really enjoy There's a um There's an... E-T-Y-M-O, uh, etymonline.com. Yeah. Etym online, etymology online. And so I look up words all the time. Like I just looked up hero. And it's a, it's, a, it's a Greek word and it talks about demigod. Yeah. You're a demigod. So if you think about it, to watch over and protect. And if you think about it, wow, that's if you're a demigod in your own life. But here is the thing. You know what a demigod is, right? Um, it is the child part- between a god and a mortal. Right. And basically we're all, you, you know, basically what we are are spiritual creatures in human bodies. Yes, exactly. So we're all demigods. Mm-hmm. We're all demigods because because we're part divine. Yeah, my story is, per- is Perseus and Medusa. Of course Except it my is. Andromeda is a dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but basically, you know, that is, um, 
uh, doing the, uh, uh, you know, looking at particular words and looking at meanings such as hero that I think is really, really important for people to look at because I think in many ways, Jackie, with, with victimology, okay, basically mm-hmm. what they're waiting for is that hero to swoop down, rescue them from the bus wreck, and um, uh, and they don't realize that, yeah, you may get rescued from the bu- the bus wreck, but you're the one that's going to have to deal with the aftermath. You know, I like... Um, I think that that's a great name. Victimology is a great name yeah. for a book or or a, um, a theory. Or I mean, I I love that. Yeah. I think that's I just something created that, it off the top of my head. <laughs> victimology, you know. I think that that's victimhood. <laughs> yeah, I I think that that's I think that's a huge thing I, because because so many of us that's all we learn how to be. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, that is that's what so much of our society is is built to show us how to be, to be victims, to be sheep, to be followers. Because I think to turn around Jackie and be heroic is very, very risky for us because there's so many things that you have to give up to be a hero. You know, even mm-hmm. if you take a look at Superman or Wonder Woman or any of the other um, particular heroic figures, in order for them to be who they are, they had to give up something. Um, uh, and, you know, there's many things that we are afraid of giving up. We're afraid of giving up comfort. We're afraid of giving up financial security. We're afraid of um, giving up, uh, you know, possibly you know, somebody might think that of us. Well, everybody thinks about me, so I'm not worried about that one anymore. Um, uh, yeah, well, I'm I sure to that one. You know, I know. <laughs> um, but basically, the uh, you know, there's something in order to take that hero's path, it, it takes risk, and it mm-hmm. means that you may feel a little bit awkward for a while, and it means that things won't be comfortable, and you're going to have to face things, and you may have to let things go. And I think that that's why, Jackie, it's much, much, much easier to stay in victimology. Yeah, it is. Because then you're forced into a decision. You don't have to take any responsibility for yourself. You um, are, and, and I think, well, you know, that whole I'm going to wait till I win the lotto kind of thing. I'm I'm going to wait till the the money fairy comes and and dumps a bag of it on my porch. Um, that kind of mentality is part of being victim because you are not going to actually make a decision or take some um, a positive role in your life until you are forced to by being a victim. Oh, oh, exactly. And, you know, when one of the things that I will mention uh, real quick and then we have to go, when I was going through my particular process, Jackie, the candle that I burned the most was give me gumption. Oh, yeah. You know, give me the strength, basically, to be able to deal with this. Now, the liquor was really good. Um, <laughs> you know, so you get the strength, but, you know, it kind of gives you that, that anesthesia. Yeah, that's the word. Um, uh, to, to basically to deal with the particular problems, you know. So I was walking around drunk doing my, my, dealing with my issues, but not really. But, um, uh, but uh, you know, basically it was, uh, you know, something I think, you know, if, if people are, going through problems where they're stuck and they're, um, they don't know how to get out and, uh, you know, they feel that there's no option. There's always an option. Then give a gimme gumption candle. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's a great, um, that's absolutely a, a great choice. And Or or the energy will and fire mm-hmm. works, works this uh, very similarly um, because that, that gives you that little spark of will to get you through, the little spark of passion to get you through that, that tough thing. Yeah, exactly. Now we have to go. Jackie and I will be back next week. 
And guess what? The sun trumps everything. Cruise on over the to www.coventrycreations.com where magic happens. And if you have a problem in your life, whether that, that is a problem with love, romance, money, you need spiritual cleansing, you need to find love, you need to get over something, you need to release stuff, you need to remove stuff, you name it, we have a candle for it. So cruise on over there. And Jackie, what do they need to do in the meantime? They need to keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you next week. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life, speak life. To the dead and darkest night. Speak life, speak life. When the sun will shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the broken hearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope. You speak love. You